Welcome to Gears Action Growth, shifting business culture one conversation at a time. My name's Christy Mori, and I'm joining Dr. Josephine Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today, we'll be discussing romantic relationships at work to get into the spirit of Valentine's Day. Hope you get value from it. Hey, Joe, how are you going this afternoon? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's nice and warm in Melbourne, the way I like yes. it. Oh, yeah. It's hot, though. It's yeah, 31 degrees, it. isn't it? I know. It is. It's fantastic. We're just coming out of lockdown. We're, we're in a five-day lockdown. We weren't sure. But we've had such great weather. I wonder if the weather actually helps people from being too down about it. I'm not well, sure. Yeah, it's possible. I think, I, you know, I really feel bad for people overseas at the moment in winter in the northern part of the, the world because you're right. I mean, you know, you you do feel a bit down. With, um, yeah. if you don't get that sun on your face from time to time. So, yeah, it could be yeah. worse for those guys. I know, and we empathize mm. with them. Actually, my family is in Canada, so, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, so definitely, definitely lucky to be here. So to launch this week again, um, this was supposed to be our Valentine's Day special, but mm. we had some technical problems. That's why mm-hmm. we were... Uh, recording this a bit later but I think it would still be really fun to do and today this topic will generally apply to anyone if you're in a business or not as we if you have co-workers basically if you work yeah. in a place and there's co-workers the and, other humans. <laughs> yeah, this will these things will apply because we're talking about romantic relationships mm-hmm. at work so we'll be chatting about yeah. is it a good idea to pursue a romantic relationship at work and what are some professional protocols that need to be kept that when you are involved romantically at work and how to handle a breakup in the workplace. Mm. So I feel like these are very accessible topics for everybody. Sorry we missed it for Valentine's Day, but we'll just have it for Valentine's Month or whenever, exactly. actually. It should be <laughs> a Valentine's Month anyway, Christy. So right. <laughs> I'll, sure, I'll, I'll, why not? I'll decide. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think, Joe? Is it good to pursue a romantic relationship in the workplace? You know, I think... Um, romantic relationships are going to happen so you know you can't really I think put the brakes on them and if you're involved or thinking about getting involved in a romantic relationship with someone who's a co-worker um, I don't think that it necessarily is bad news I think it can work really well Um, but you do need to be aware of the context so I think that's why we're having the conversation today and you know um romantic relationships will blossom at work because workplaces are natural environments where you have opportunities for romantic attachments you know you you get to know people and um you spend a lot of time with people and and in fact i met uh, my ex-husband at a workplace and so i'm a really good example of how you know romantic relationships can be really positive and can can you know we had um we're no longer together but we're great friends still and hi Martin <laughs> and we're you know we're, we 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 made it work and in fact um we were like a bit of a power couple in our industry so we had a great time together at the time so I think it can work really well right yeah I I know that I have some similar experiences as well and I know 
like some of my friends have actually married people who mm. they met in the workplace. Yeah. So specifically, it's not always colleagues, actually, but colleagues is the most common. Like it could be someone who's an affiliate of the business or exactly. something. It might be a client or a supplier. I mean, in my case, we were both in the same sort of um, larger network of colleagues, but we did ended up doing some work together. So that can happen when you have a networked sort of group. And um, yeah, so it can be, you know, whoever is coming in and out of work and, it, you know, we're virtual now. So even in the virtual space, um, anyone you consider. And, and you know, I, I was actually just as a preparation for this conversation, I did go and have a look at some of the research and there's not much research actually. I don't know. I think there should be more. Um, so, you know, all of you social psych researchers get on it. But, but the research that I did find did suggest that you can, um, you can have some really positive benefits of, um, you know, romantic attachments at work. So people, for example, in a romantic attachment are more likely to have higher levels of job satisfaction. So, you know, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And they're also likely to, um, you know, perceive more job autonomy uh, as a positive thing in their role. And most people around them don't see romantic attachments as a problem um, unless it starts to impact the workplace culture in a negative way. Mm. So I think that, you know, that's where you get to some of the detrimental effects. And, um, and, and also there are some situations which we'll talk about um, that are just no-go zones. And for example, uh, if you're thinking about or you're already involved in a romantic relationship with someone who is either your boss or you are their boss, that to me is a no-way zone. Like it's just a no-go zone. And that's where the organisation has to have some policies in place to really um, help people navigate through that. It doesn't mean that you don't have the relationship, but what it might mean is that you have to remove that person from from being you know under your care or because there's just no way you can be objective in relation to you know um, performance and and in assessing them and in in the kind of opportunities that you give them there's just no way that you can be objective when you're in a romantic relationship with that person and that's where you know that's really that can be open to abuse and it it often doesn't start that way it doesn't have to start that way but it can be open to abuse so you just don't want to be in a power imbalance in an organization and um that's really important i think that 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 people understand that i think it's much easier when there's less of a uh, a power differential between the two people Mm, yeah, I think that leads to our next question about some professional protocols that need to be kept when we're involved romantically at work. So you've touched on a few about just sort uh, making sure that there it doesn't affect the work itself or the environment of the yeah, work. Yeah, that's right. And you know, and in some ways, uh, it's 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 not to say that you have to go out of your way to not affect the workplace culture because. What that I don't want people to think, oh, I have to hide my relationship and that's the only way to not affect the workplace culture. What you've got to do is be transparent about it. So um, because because otherwise people will um, notice that something's not quite right and that, for example, there's, there's, you know, more intimacy or perhaps, you know, sometimes people avoid each other and that's 
that's going to cause some weirdness in yes, the workplace as well. So, so what you've got to do is think, how could my relationship make others feel, and how do I, um, how do I bring up that topic so that people don't feel, um, you know, uncomfortable, and that there's no um, issue of dishonesty or lack of transparency, because I think that that's the main problem when you either hide a relationship or you're not being totally upfront. And in the same way that we manage other risks in organisations, it's about declaring it. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying, you know, you have to write an email to everyone in the organisation, but but particularly it's a good idea to let your boss know, it's a good idea to let other, any other managers know, and you need to declare that and then so that they can put things in place if, for example, um, you know, there, there, there might be a bit of a conflict of interest um, in the in the future. So, so just declaring it is important. Um, I also think that um, there's this, you've got to have this understanding that when you're in a relationship with someone at work, and particularly if they, you both work for the same organisation, it's, you've got to consider the third party and the third party is the company you work for. Even, for example, if it's with a client, you've got to consider the third party is the company you work for because, you know, we know that organ- that, that relationships can end, you know. Um, I think we play we place far too much uh, of a kind of failure attribution when they end. Sometimes relationships end because they just run their course and they end and that's that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, but but definitely the life cycle of a relationship is a beginning, a middle and an end. And so hmm. so one of the things we've got to be aware of is is thinking about well what happens if this relationship ends and it doesn't end on good terms or the parties don't want to talk to each other anymore or they don't want to be next to each other or there's some kind of other conflict in place. And so and and so kind of getting prepared of, in terms of how how the company or how the organization will deal with that co- conflict again is important because you know, it, it's bound to happen. And so what that might mean, again, is setting up things up front in relation to, you know, if you're in a romantic relationship with someone um, uh, and, again, there's a, it could be that it's your client and you're the um, account manager for that client, it's a good idea for the organisation to maybe either put someone else to buddy with you to sort of diffuse that situation or if they can move you out of that accounting accounting responsibility so that you're no longer the sole liaison point to the company for that client. So there's lots of things to think about in terms of diffusing the conflict even before the conflict has happened. It's interesting that in real life, you're saying that transparency is really important. Whereas when we see it on TV, I just recently actually um, started getting addicted to this uh, show called Startup. And it's a bunch of like young entrepreneurs, like trying to go for it, like Silicon Valley. And obviously there's a girl, there's, uh, you know, guys who are coders and they're all like trying to make it and obviously there's going to be romantic relationships and a lot of the times it's really confusing because like but it's also a tv show so it makes it look very exciting that nobody nobody knows about you know but everybody's Ah. catching on to it and that's part of that's part of the show yeah and yes but we don't really get that kind of um actually i the american version of the office actually um 
they have an HR rep that nobody really likes, like Toby, I think is the name. And um, oh, all, yeah. all the people who are in relationships, they announce it to him. But like, <laughs> like, like they'll go to him. And so it's interesting that, so even though it's like, that's a satirical show, yeah. it's like, oh, they are They're actually doing, the right doing thing. <laughs> by announcing it to him. And then he'll say, that's oh, do right. I, yeah. And he always says, oh, do I need to fill out paperwork? Or like, how long are you guys going out for? Like he asks these really <laughs> questions that are not very romantic, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Like it has, <laughs> it's not really like a, you know, really, Yeah romantic situation to go to your HR rep but what no, you're I... saying is like that is really what would be the considerate thing to do is to actually reveal the relationship exactly exactly and I know some people kind of um like in your in the other show startup which I must start watching I hadn't heard about that <laughs> you'll um, get addicted they... you yeah know what... <laughs> oh I get addicted to everything I know I know so I'll start watching it when I'm you might time. like it yeah. <laughs> you yeah. might like it yeah yeah I'm sure I will uh, but but you know, this is the thing. We kind of, um, I guess, we we glamorize this kind of idea of kind of a secret affair, um, and um, and and obviously, you know, you don't really want to declare something in the early stages when you're not sure about how it's going as well. Right. So, so you know, that there is that. There's a kind of human factor there, but but if you've gone six months, twelve months. You're still working together. Hopefully you're not this person's boss, but sometimes you are, and nobody knows about this relationship. Then how is the company being considered in this regard? How is how are, how is the company making sure that from a risk perspective, they're taking care and of their own interests? And um, and because there might be things that the company is aware of that the people in the relationship are not aware of. So so you can't assume that the people in the relationship know every single risk. They might not be aware of strategy, for example, that might affect uh, and cause a conflict between the two people in, the, in that group. Or, or they might not be aware of the future um, direction of the organisation and maybe it's going in a particular way where people in that relationship are not um, in a power differential, but maybe they're looking to promote one of them and make one of them report to the other one. If they knew that these two people were in a relationship, they would think differently about that. And I'm not saying they would not promote someone, but they would they would make sure that um, that to avoid the risk that that's managed very well. Because because what we what I'm really talking about here is power, and power is kind of like a dirty word when it comes to workplaces and relationships because um and i'm saying it's a dirty word because you know we would might think that you know sex is a dirty word in this discussion but it's not it's power it's power that is the dirty word because power is often intangible and people who have power will often use that power and I'm not suggesting that everyone in power abuses power, but they have a position of privilege because of that power and attention flows up towards that power. So we are very attentive of the people around us who are more powerful than we are because they control the resources and they are other people that make decisions about things that affect our lives very often in work. And so 
particularly in a workplace, you have, um, and I'll talk about Australia, you have more males in power, in, in positions of power than you have females. We know that because if you look at the statistics of women on boards and women CEOs, we know that you have more males in power. You also have um, research that says people are more likely to attribute the motivation for getting into a relationship with someone powerful uh, in a negative way when it comes to the woman, but not the man. Hmm. So, Pete and men and women will make this called it will make this attribution bias as well. So, men and women are more in this in the research study that I read are more likely to have more negative um, sort of uh, speculations about why that woman is getting into that relationship, regardless of the facts. So this this to, so so what it what it's sort of um, saying is that we have to consider the power relationships. That's why I keep talking about is this person your boss? Are you their boss? And we have to consider the power differential that we in society today in Australia um, currently demonstrate towards males and females. It's it's and and it's a fact. It actually is a fact because we can see it in the statistics. Um, so. So there's that. And then also we've had um, a lot of uh, um, conversation in the public, uh, particularly lately, around the Me Too campaign. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, that's been, that's been great for, I guess, the, um, to, for bringing a lot of um, stories uh, that were, t were untold before about sexual harassment and also, you know, more in the more darker side, sexual abuse as well. And so... So what that tells us is that there are there are women today, and there are and sometimes there are some men, but it's in the main women who are going to be the victims of some form of sexual harassment in the workplace. And that's why it's important that we tread carefully. It's important that we look at where the power imbalances are, and and that we um, we are very careful about how we manage relationships, also very careful about how we get into relationships. So consent is always important um, because, and particularly if you're in a position of power and you're, maybe you're interested in someone who's in a lesser position in, of power in the organisation, consent is going to be really important. So you need to be asking that person, are they okay with every single step as the relationship progresses? because they're in, in less of a powerful position than the person in power. They have more to lose, in other words. So, right. so I'm sorry, you know, that's not, maybe it's better that we have this conversation after Valentine's Day, because that's not the... <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is interesting. To tell you the truth, everyone, I didn't actually um, think our conversation was heading in this direction. Like, this is yeah. very, um, this is very important, and I'm glad yeah. you said this, but yeah, I actually had to kind of imagine, like, overall, like, more romantic kind of um, I know, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. But I'll get it's back interesting, to yeah, you're right. That. No, but, it's but, great. I think me, you're right. Yeah, and, and Chrissy, to me, the, the message is to young women, because also when I look at the research on relationships, a lot of, um, when there is a power differential, a lot of uh, that power differential will be with um, 
more uh, with you know younger women will be involved in that if you look at the research so so it's just a it's just a take care and be aware kind of message for both parties because yeah. I think that and I think that we can have in the workplace we can have great relationships I'm all for bringing all the warmth and love that I have to my relationships at work so I'm not I'm even talking about my friendships you know I'll I'll hug people and I'll kiss them hello and all of that. But when I lead a team and I have direct reports, I'm very careful. I have to be because because I'm the person in control. I'm the person who has power. I have more power than the people that I'm who that are reporting to me. Right. It's just a fact. So you just have to be careful and consider it and it takes a level of maturity. And this is why you know, at the beginning, I was saying, just you know, if you're in a relationship, and it's 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 firmed, like you know, if if the relationship is confirmed in your head that it's something that you you know uh, that's going to happen in the workplace, then telling someone is always a good way to just circumvent circumvent the, and navigate the risks that might be involved. And there mm. might not be any risk. Like as I said, I had a a beautiful relationship with someone I met at work, and we had. Um, the most wonderful time and we would um, you know we did great work together too because we were both really motivated to work and we were passionate about the same industry and you know we were very creative together and so we were we were you know an asset to our organization right because yeah. of that yeah, yeah. so so but, but so we're just kind of I'm just sort of painting the other picture yeah, no, that that's fine. That's fine. It's not Valentine's Day, by the way. So here we go. <laughs> we're good. We're good. And this is a business-oriented podcast, everyone. So this isn't a relationship podcast exactly. <laughs> but these are just very practical things that maybe people need to hear. Mm. And lastly, well, why don't we just go in for the deep end? How to go about <laughs> a breakup at work. Oh. Um, this is also something that we don't, you know, I never thought about ending off with. But at the same time, it's like there are some practicalities, I guess, mm. because work is work. And yeah. this one is tricky because not everyone has the option to leave their job after no. an uncomfortable scenario. So yeah, maybe exactly. you, you, we need that job or, you know, it's not so easy. So how do we mm. go about, and it's not that great to go into a relationship thinking, what, what happens if we break up? No, that's right. Yeah. So in this kind of situation, but if breakups do happen and then when that happens, what do you um, suggest for people to kind of go about it? Mm. It's just a natural phase that could happen. You know, I think there's some, um, there's some processes that you have to go through when you, when you end anything and especially something that has an emotional, such an emotional kind of um you know load load of content like a, a relationship um so so there's a it's almost like a grieving process in a way and so there'll be different stages of that um and that's going to happen with a workplace relationship as you know any relationship um i guess to your point though it's harder to hide the effects of that because you're uh you know you'll be at you may be working with people who know the person you're breaking up with or you've broken up with um, and you, it, it can also become quite a, a sort of a, you know, a public event, which is not always something that people want. 
probably anything people want ever so so what what you need to do is firstly work out what you need what kind of support do you need to navigate the emotions of the situation and that could be you know um counseling for you it could be um it can even be sometimes going to a, a a couple's therapist to break up um if if the other party's willing to break up because there are there are ways more constructive ways to do that and and so counselors will often work with couples to help them break up in a in a more positive way so so that could be something um that uh that you particularly you know might think about and that's and like if, an ideal scenario though, yeah isn't it, Joe? that two people will be like let's have a third person i know to I, break I, up. I wish that more more breakups yeah. could be like that though sure really but most but, people have like emotion and exactly it's exactly. quite upended that's right and and so so that's why getting uh, a counselor for yourself is really important and it might be that um it could be that there's you know there's different there's different spectrums here if you're feeling highly um distressed then you probably do want to see a counsellor and you got you can go to your GP and in Australia you can get a mental health plan and um you know we're we have a, a Medicare system that pays for that so so that's something that that you can do on the mm-hmm. other side of the spectrum who do you have around you who's a supportive person who you can talk to because keeping it in is 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 the worst thing you can do expressing mm-hmm. that emotion and kind of talking through with someone who has your interests at heart is actually the best the best thing to do and one of the things that i always tell my friends and even my colleagues who are going through breakups is you you absolutely want to express emotion but you don't have to stay distressed i think we have this we make an assumption that we should feel bad when a relationship when we go through a relationship breakup for as long as it takes and and absolutely i'm not suggesting that you cut off emotion or anything like that but going and getting a little bit more support than people are used to helps you regulate that emotional response too and get you back into recovery quicker it's like for example if you had a broken leg you would go to the doctor because you know that you can't fix that leg on your own so you would go to the doctor get support from them they might give you crutches they might put your leg in a cast which supports your leg and you go into recovery we never think about our emotional lives that way but i've always thought about my emotional life that way christy so i've always at the end of my relationships and i've had a few the end of my relationships i've always sought support from a counselor that i trust because i don't want to stay in that distressed state for longer than is required than i need to because mm. i yeah. i value myself and i want to get back to being my best self and when i'm distressed obviously you can't be your best self you you're you need to support yourself during distress right so so that's something that's a bit of self-awareness and then the, i guess the other thing is is to ask people again it's reaching out for and ask people for help there might be some things you need at work you might need some time off you might need um, to uh, maybe do some, you know, different type of work where you don't see that person as much. So people will usually be quite supportive. And 
organisations will be as supportive as, as they can be. Um, and it does depend on the workplace because sometimes it's just not possible to, to kind of give people that that space that they need when they're going through a breakup. But but I think asking for help uh, is, is, is a normal part of um, going through a breakup as well. And because, you know, on a human level, anyone that's going through a breakup is going to really need support and understanding because it can induce really high levels of anxiety and stress and that can actually culminate in physical effects so you don't want it to get to that point where you are so distressed that you're getting getting those physical symptoms that really stop you from living the life you want you want to live so mm. most organizations are going to um, be able to support you and and I know it's a tricky one because some people might feel like they can't ask for that help. Uh, and if that's the case, then the second thing to do is actually go and seek some professional help. And, and once you actually do that, you'll see that they might also work with you on some other strategies that you can put in place just to help you through the process. So I agree with you, Christy, don't leave your job. You've, especially if you value your job, that, a breakup is not the right reason to leave your job. And in fact, I always say this, never make a big decision when you're feeling emotional distress because you're not thinking with that kind of, um, you know, the, the, the part of your brain, the frontal cortex, you're not thinking with the part of your brain that is um, uh, going to navigate um, pros and cons properly and higher order, higher order reasoning. So don't make decisions like that when you go through a breakup. The, the main job is to go through the distress in a way that leads you to recovery in a time frame that suits you, but, but, but in a time frame that's kind of as quick as it possibly can be for you. That's very wise. Yeah, that's really, really great. I think a lot of people, if you're listening, um, I think... Yeah, this would be really beneficial. I know that this wasn't the most uh, entertaining of, <laughs> of of our podcast, but I really hope that it actually helps people because these are really great tips you've given Joe, and they're very, very insightful. So we'll wrap up the, at this point, but we really appreciate any feedback or any questions that you know you, the audience, want answered regarding romance in the workplace. Hope this topic was insightful and maybe even enjoyable to listen to, maybe more insightful. <laughs> but we really want to hear some uh, your questions and comments about workplace romances at Josephine at GearForGrowth.biz. And if you have a story to share, we'd like to hear it. Happy belated Valentine's Day, everyone. And whether you believe in celebrating or not, we hope you get some value from this podcast. And we wish you the best in all your relationships, not just romantic ones. We'll be back to it all over next week. And we might even have a part two of this topic if people are interested. In the meantime, please stay safe and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.